Seven billion humans on Earth can't all like the same drink. That's why Circle K has Polar Pop and Froster. Pick your flavors and make that one in seven billion mix just right for you. Polar Pop and Froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. From a bird-watching nurse to a line-dancing firefighter, nobody's just one thing. That's why Polar Pop and Froster aren't either. Choose from all kinds of flavors and make your mix. Polar Pop and Froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. Eventide Entertainment presents The Drive-In, hosted by Aaron Lopez. Welcome back to another episode of The Drive-In. I am your host, Aaron Lopez. And this week, I have a, a very close friend of mine. Kara uh, is here to talk about A Quiet Place. Kara, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, yeah, no problem. We're here talking about Quiet Place, uh, directed by and starring John Krasinski, Emily Blunt, Millicent Simmons, and Noah Zhoop. Um, so as I, I was talking to Kara about you know, getting her onto the podcast and saying like, hey, you know what kind of movies do you like? And she mentioned Quiet Place, uh, saying that she's a huge fan of scary movies. So tell us, you know, why do you like scary movies so much, and do you have a favorite scary movie? Um, I don't know. I guess I like a story that's really thrilling and constantly has me on the edge of my seat. So any sort of scary movie usually does that. Um, and my favorite is probably um, Silent Hill, the original one. It's really good. I don't know why. I've, I've watched it a million times. I could probably quote it. I just really like that one. I don't know. Yeah, Silent Hill is one of the ones that just has that that creepy factor of like the things that will just disturb you. You look oh, at yeah. them and you're like, "There's yeah, there's jumps in it. It's not, but it, it throws a little bit of gore. It throws a little bit of everything that a scary movie is. Yeah, yeah. and especially creepy little girls. I mean, oh, man. you can't get enough of the creepy little girls in scary movies. <sighs> well, and then I think it's funny that you say that because we had a creepy little boy who started this mo- this movie out. Yeah, and we're not gonna talk about any spoilers yet. We got plenty to. We gotta talk in some things before we get there. But um, yeah, just, you know, the first thing that I we the first person we see in this movie is a, is a little kid who's like scampering across, and I'm like, oh crap, kids <laughs> freak me out. So no, I can relate to that completely. Um, okay, well let's let's look at our trailers. So this week we had uh, again six of them. Usually six or seven kind of seems to be the standard. So we had Hereditary. Tag, Truth or Dare, Sicario 2, Traffic, Action Point, and Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, did any of those stand out to you as ones that you want to see? Um, Tag looks hilarious. I um, It has love some of my favorite actors in it. That cast is um, amazing. Yeah, Jeremy Renner, Ed Helms. I could watch them in just about any movie, any way, shape, or form. And so that one looks pretty funny and the fact that it's based on a true story just makes me laugh exactly. even more i want to the read fact about that, that somebody story. would run up during somebody's <laughs> wedding to tag them is i can only imagine how funny that was in real life if it actually happened i i that is one of the ones that i just want to see because of just the absurdity of it whenever you find one of those movies where it's like it, this actually happened it's based on true events um, and I'm, I'm a huge Jake Johnson fan from uh, New Girl I think yes. he's amazing so yeah that'll be a good one um, anything else? Um, I think the only other one that like I really would like to see is probably Hereditary just because that trailer doesn't really give you much of anything no, so- and so you're left wondering what the hell is that about so if you haven't seen Hereditary, if you're listening to this this specific episode, you're probably a fan of scary movies. So Hereditary, 
Um, eh, Truth or Dare was also a scary one, but Hereditary was the one that really stood out as far as the trailers. Um, and the only thing that you can really get from it, go watch the trailer because you need to see it. It looks disturbing. Um, but the only thing you can kind of get is that there's a, a girl who may have some sort of um, genetic hand-me-down from her grandmother. Um, and her grandmother was into all this weird stuff. And, like, it's it's very demonic. It's very oh, yeah. um, creepy. I mean, it's it's got a lot of very weird things going on in the trailer. And it incorporates a dollhouse, which just yeah. magnifies the creepy factor. Anything with dolls is going to be pretty creepy. Yeah, I, I, I want to see it. To me, it reminds me of a um, combination of The Orphan, a little bit of Orphan. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and then also to just like Witch, which actually, The Witch, uh, is, it's from one of the people who did that, though. So that's probably why it has a little oh, bit yeah, of I remember seeing that. Um, oh, but yeah, Hereditary looks, looks really good. Um, be looking forward to that one. Truth or Dare is one that, like, I just... I, I leaned over and told you during the, the trailers, I was like, this just looks gruesome. Yeah. Like, it doesn't even look of... scary. It just looks like, let's just kill people and make right, them do really right. painful things. And then the fact that, like, the way that their faces turn, it just looks like a Snapchat filter. Exactly. <laughs> and so I just have this idea that they're going to do some pl- publicity stunt where they have oh, yeah. a Snapchat filter where you can use it when you're at the premiere of the movie and it... It's, oh, it'll probably just come out when it... You, you, oh, yeah. Mark it right now. If <laughs> if there is a Snapchat filter, I will make sure that this makes its onto, makes its way onto my my uh, <laughs> drive-in Twitter feed, because that... Yeah. It's creepy. Like, it's... It looks like Jim Carrey the Grinch, like, when he does that smile. Yeah, yeah. It's like, just extended. I don't know. It's weird. It's very um, weird. Yeah, and I don't know. If you're into, like, crappy teenage scary movies, you'll like... Yeah, Hair. exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. I have no interest in seeing Sicario 2. I didn't see Sicario 1. Right. Um, Traffic with a K. I I don't understand why it's with a K. Um, I get the concept of it, you know, but to me it's like Traffic seemed like more of a movie that is an action-based get-out. Yeah. Like the the black uh, uh, couple and their friends going up against these hillbilly or biker. Right, whatever um, they are. Whatever, yeah. And it... I don't know. It just seems it's all over a phone too. Like, right? It just seems so simple that they could just hand this phone over. Yeah. But yet they get wrapped up in this weird scenario. There's got to be something else to it. That yeah. We're not, we're yeah. Not getting. Um, and then Action Point, I'm still thrilled to see uh, June. That'll be coming out. Uh, huge Jackass fan. Kara, not so much. No, I get the humor behind it, but I guess it's more of. I am more worried about those kinds of people getting hurt, I guess. I don't know why I feel that way. It's funny when my friends do something stupid and get hurt, but when I watch fucking grown-ass men do it, it's not as great. Yeah. I don't know why. I I just remember, for me, I grew up watching Jackass. Like, I remember being in middle school and being in the basement of my friend's house, <laughs> and MTV came on, and we're like, oh my gosh, shut the door, shut the door. We're trying to watch Jackass, because we're <laughs> yeah. not supposed to be watching right, it. Right, exactly. And I remember the very first one I saw is when Steve-O um, ate, like, swallowed a goldfish, and then made himself puke it up, and it was still alive. Oh my gosh. That was my first memory of Jackass. And apparently, I was hooked from that moment <laughs> on. So, I love it. I think it's great. Uh, to me, it seems better, like a better... Um, version of Bad Grandpa, which came out, and that one was like mm, they tried yes. to make that story based, but yeah, I talked about that on my last podcast with, uh, well, actually, I think a couple weeks ago, but yeah, I, I, I'm excited for it. I think it'll be a good one. 
And then we can pretty much skip Mission Impossible Fallout because there's nothing. I, I, I've never seen any of the Mission, Impo- Mission Impossibles. I refuse to see movies with Tom Cruise because I just can't stand him. And the fact that we're in Rock of Ages right now, and so I was like, okay, I better do some research. I better watch the movie. I cannot get that out of my head. I'm just picturing Tom Cruise as an 80s rocker singing Dead or Alive shirtless, and it's the worst thing possible. My absolute favorite costume in that entire movie is his, like, dragon like crotch belt oh my gosh i know it's pretty good oh pretty good um well i did i did like him in tropic thunder did you ever see tropic thunder i feel like i did does that have robert downey jr yeah robert downey no, jr. okay yeah i did watch face. that he does that yes um no i i thought he was great in that but it's because he made fun of himself like he did not take he was yeah. the jewish uh the yeah. jewish producer and like just made fun of himself a lot in that movie didn't yeah. take himself very seriously but very rarely do you get that kind of Tom Cruise. Right. I was counting. I was like, I, the reason why I have no interest in this is like he falls a lot. Oh my gosh. And as soon as I said that, I started counting it. And in the last 10, 15 seconds of the trailer, he falls down like six or seven oh, times. Oh, at least. At least. So that's why they it's call like it how Fallout. how terrible of an, what is he, an agent in those movies or something? I don't know. Never seen him. <laughs> no idea. How bad do you have to be to fall that many times? He's just clumsy. I don't know. I, I don't know how we got. I don't even know which one this is. For I know, dramatic effect. I know there's at least five. This might be fifth because there was Mission Impossible one, two, and three. There was the one that came out a little like a year or two ago, and now this one. So, yep. Sorry, guys, if you're Mission Impossible fans, uh, I will not be reviewing that one when it comes out. We'll have to go somewhere else for that. Um, all right. So our spoiler-free summary for this week for uh, Quiet Place. Essentially, if you've seen the trailer, you've got a really strong idea of the movie, but the spoiler-free summary is that a family is forced to live in silence while hiding from creatures that hunt by sound. Um, there's really not a whole lot else we can tell you other than that, uh, other than it is very intriguing. It is a, um, a good movie. There's lots that we're going to be talking about here in a little bit, um, but it, it was one that I definitely recommend going to see, uh, but really can't get into too much more beyond that and the trailer even gives away more than our summary does so yeah uh, if you've seen the trailer you're interested in seeing it go ahead and uh, you got the seal of approval to go and check it out so this is about the time you guys go ahead and pause this if you have not yet seen the movie or you don't want spoilers yet and come back and check us out when you have seen the movie cool so now we've given them that little spoiler warning you guys are now with us because you have seen the movie you want to see what we have to think about it or you just like to hear me talk um, I, I know there's a couple people out there that just like to hear me talk who have not seen the movie and they're just like, oh, what's Aaron think? Andre, you're one of them. I know you are probably the one person who listens to every single episode. So I'm going to give you your shout out here uh, this week. So right in the beginning, cold opening. Um, it's before the, the, not the credits, but the um, title, screen. title screen. Yep. And it's like day 87. We couldn't figure it out. So, something like that. 87, 89, somewhere around there. Some few, 80 few something. months in. Yeah. We're <laughs> yeah. a few months in. Um, we do figure out that it is year, the year 2020 because yes. um, later in we see the, the year 2020 based on an event, which we'll talk about here in a very short amount of time. And we're in a grocery store, like a general store. Yeah. And like I mentioned earlier, there's a little kid running around um, quietly. Quietly. Very good at running around quietly. Um, but we see three kids. We see um, two adults, which kind of becomes the family. Um, and one of the kids is sick. Yes. Um 
what what did you think of this cold opening? So up until this whole scene in the general store, because a lot of little things happen and they're just setting up these these ideas. But what were some of your thoughts going into just just that? Not anything that happens after yet. Um, I liked the way they started out. Um, I think that is kind of. I thought they would do more with it, just because of what happens after, but. Just seeing, like, you find out, oh, okay, they have a deaf child, so they already would have known ASL Mm -hmm. right off from the start, which gives them an advantage, and that's probably why they've made it so far. Yeah. It's because they can speak through ASL, and they don't have to say um, anything really out loud. Which is Um, a definite, you know, advantage. I think it's important to remember, too, which I thought was really cool. We do have people talking in this movie. Right. Um, even with, like, if you have ever interacted with somebody in sign language, you do mouth the words and you do kind of very quietly but audibly say them. Right. Um, so we do hear things, but it is a long time before we get anything. Um, yeah. This, we don't get a single word in this cold opening. Like, No, not, not at single, all. Well, they get subtitles. But yeah. No verbal, verbal, no verbalization. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really appreciated the audio aspect early on. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. So the uh, Millicent Simmons, who plays uh, Reagan, the, the deaf daughter, is actually deaf, which I thought was awesome. Um, did, did a little bit of reading, and John Krasinski demanded that they actually have a deaf actress play this role, which for many, many reasons is awesome. I think that's very important that they did that, too, just so that way they could probably ask her questions and yes. get her input as someone who yeah. is deaf. And that's one of the things he said. He's like, well, if we're going to portray somebody as deaf in certain situations and they can't hear what's going on around them, you know, especially in a, in a life or death situation, how would that make them feel? And how would they how would they be oblivious to something? Or how would they, you know, be able to, you know, combat it? And it's, it's, it makes perfect sense. But I think on top of that, it's just great that you actually, for once, you always hear in Hollywood how people get somebody to play a handicapped, you know, a non-handicapped actor to play a handicapped right. uh, character or um, a non-Asian actor to play an Asian character. You know, a lot of those things pop up. So it's cool that you finally see some positive aspects of, of that coming up in, in Hollywood for once. It hasn't happened as often as it should. Um, but we have the, the motif of the rocket in this. Um, the Bo, Bo, the little kid, the youngest kid who's scampering around, um, he draws a rocket on the ground and says, like, it's how we're going to escape. And it's like, oh, that's, that's sad. Yeah, that's... Um, and then he goes and gets his rocket. I, I was yelling in my head in like eight times during this cold opening, like, oh, you're screwed. Nope, that's going to happen. Oh, not. And none of it happened. Right. Of course not. But like, the, the, you have the, the pill bottle. I'm like, oh, she's going to drop a pill yeah, bottle. Yeah, exactly. You think immediately they're going to make a sound or yeah. they're not going to be careful enough just because, you know, they're only a few months in, so, mm-hmm. I mean, they are still up to making mistakes at this point. And I just can't even imagine, like, not making any sound. Like, anything. It's very hard to do that. And they, they still do make sounds, but, I mean, very muffled. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine, like, trying to live that way all the time, always. I mean... We make so many sounds that we don't even realize that we make that are actually 
kind of loud. And like stomachs growling. Exactly, which has been happening to me for the last like 25 minutes. <laughs> and I'm trying to suppress it and I'm thinking, oh, I need to be quiet. I have to stop <laughs> doing that. Yeah, I mean, there's, we don't even, there's things that we do that make sounds we don't even think about. Exactly. All the time. Um, so to be able to have to think about the things that you do make sounds with and find a way, but then also finding ways that you can suppress sounds that you're not fully aware of. Um, you know, for instance, like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. What about, like, burping or farting? Yeah. I, I That would be really hard. How many people in this movie, because <laughs> we, we only know there's, there's a handful of people alive. We only see, I think, f- six. six people during the course of the entire movie. We know more people than that are alive. Right. How many of these people, because a lot of people died in this creature epidemic, what that was going on. How many of them do you think died because they farted? <laughs> um, I it's probably more, more an than... An embarrassing amount of people. Yeah, an embarrassing <laughs> amount of people died in an embarrassing way. But I'm just thinking, like, yeah. There are certain sounds that, like, you have to make. I just, I mean, I think that's... Those are the unanswered questions that we wanted to know by the end of this movie. Well, and especially for this deaf little girl, how does she know... That she's not making mm-hmm. sounds. Like, if, especially when she's she's alone later on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how did, how is she getting around right now and feeling safe? She's Because she has no character. idea yeah. that if she is making sound or not. Yeah. It's, it's just bizarre. It's right off the bat, you know, in the first 15 minutes of this movie, you, you definitely feel a sense of... Like calmness and uncomfortability at the same time. That's not a word. An, an uncomfortableness. I don't think that's a word either. Anyways, <laughs> you guys know what I mean. It's in in the theater. Sitting in the theater, like everything is quiet. Like I think by the end of the movie, people were like actually being aware of the noises that they make. Like very much like you know coughing or like just sniffling and any of these little things. You didn't. You heard everything immediately, but it seemed to get quieter. As the movie. Went yeah, on. as the movie went on. Well, and. Like, you're always trying to be quiet when you're at the movies anyway. Yeah. But this was, like, an extra added-on part where you have to be silent in the audience because you don't want to be... You don't want to be that one person. You don't want to be that person or you don't want to be... If you're believing the story, you don't want to get caught next. Exactly. <laughs> well, and, and, and I mentioned it earlier. I didn't really go into detail, but the audio aspect was really cool. So we have... Um, anytime it's coming from Millicent's, or sorry, Reagan, the, the actress's name is Millicent, um, the deaf child's perspective, it's literally silent. Yes. Like you get a, an audio blackout. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes back to Bo, her younger brother, and you hear it, the quiet, like just the, the normal. Like the chalk on the ground yeah. when he's drawing, um, just little things like that. You're hearing those. But when it's her, she's just saying, oh, good job. And you're hearing nothing at all, even though she's mouthing the yes. words. And so and that was obviously Im- that was important that they set that up for later in this cold opening. Yeah. Um, but then on top of that, too, it was like. They did this a lot, where you would hear, like, as people were listening to music, um, you, would, you wouldn't you would hear it until it was, like, in their ear. Exactly. And it was just cool. So you got different perspectives of, like, what certain characters were hearing mm-hmm. and, like, how they were reacting to it. The creatures even being one of those as well. Yes. Like, it was, I think, at one, at one point or another, you heard, you were hearing things from the perspective of every single character um, in this movie, essentially. Which yeah. is pretty cool. Um, so... Essentially, this you know this grocery general store scene ends um, with Bo, the youngest, like a four or five year old kid, 
who wants a rocket. Um, it almost falls at one point, and I think it's impossibly amazing that Reagan was actually able to catch it. Exactly. She catches it. It's like, no, no. And then um, they're freaking out when they find it that he's got this toy because it makes noise. It has batteries. It like, has batteries in it. For some reason, it has batteries in it. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. <laughs> but anyways, it's got batteries, and John Krasinski, the dad's like, no, too loud, can't do that. And he's trying to do it in a way that you would talk to a little kid. Exactly. Like, he's trying to explain noises. it like, we're not allowed to have these things, and obviously this is a little four-year-old kid. He doesn't really understand quite yet. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what it's early in the process, and they don't realize the gravity of the situation, and you, you get that later on in some of these discussions. Um, but Reagan, after everybody leaves, she gives him the toy back, like, it's okay. We took the batteries out. You can still play with it. Right. And then she leaves, and then this, this little kid grabs the damn batteries... <laughs> And I'm like, did you not just listen? Like, I get that. But then first off, like... I don't understand why they didn't take the batteries. Like, why... I, Why would they walk out of there without this child and not make sure that he doesn't take the toy and the batteries? Yeah. Or at least just give him back the toy and then hide the batteries with you. I don't know, but they no, just, they I'm, all walk out yeah. and they leave this child behind for some reason mm-hmm. when they need to be watching him very, very closely. And I realize that they're early in this situation and but they're even not. Then, even if you were not in a post-apocalyptic world. I would never want to leave kid, yeah. without my four-year-old child who doesn't know better. Especially in a post-apocalyptic, you're not going to let I'm not going to let them out of my sight, exactly. probably. Um, so it's important to remember that he's the last one out because yes. yes, he grabs the batteries, but then they continue this same, this order. So you've got, um, the mother and the, the older son who is sick and she, he's, uh, no, I, I take that back. It's the, uh, dad is the dad him. is carrying him and then the mother and then Reagan and then Bo oh. and they're leaving and they get to the, this bridge. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, um, you see that he takes the toy out. He's been hiding it, and he takes right. it out. And this is where we get um, Reagan's audio aspect again. You hear absolutely nothing, mm-hmm. um, but you see in the background, in this like perspective, this blurred perspective, these lights. Yeah. And he's playing with the toy, and um, it it was cinematically, it was very well done. Yes, um, absolutely. It was cool. it was because really you're watching. She's looking forward and she's watching her parents. They stop in their tracks and she doesn't. End. She's like, "Why are we stopped? I don't, I don't mm-hmm. get it." And then she sees them turn around. Her dad's flying past her, and her mom is putting her hand over her face and is starting to cry. And she doesn't. She's like, yeah. "Oh my gosh!" Suddenly, is there something behind us? Yeah. Like, what's she has going no on? Idea. And then when she finally does turn around, she sees that her brother has this toy and it's lighting up. And so the, she does. She just realizes it way too late. Yeah, and it's it's kind of an, an interesting scene because at this point in time, we know we've seen enough uh, hints, and you, I mean, even if we hadn't seen the trailer, you see enough hints to know that there's something that is trying to prevent that, or that you that is preventing everybody from making sound. Right. Um, you know, they talk about your, you know. Um, it's sound, and you see, like, on a newspaper that's flying, it's sound, and you see, like, all these other things where you've got hints that everybody is is dying. You know, you've got a wasteland kind of experience. Yeah, there's abandoned. no one at the store. It's trashed, and, um, 
even Emily Blunt's character, the mother, she is like, it's getting dark soon. We need to leave. Mm -hmm. And so you know that there's something very serious happening. So as John Krasinski, Lee, is um, running toward Bo, he looks off to the side and he sees something blurry, like Mm -hmm. some sort of a, a, a monster creature, animal, running full speed. And he's basically about a few yards away from his son when this creature up in like long arm just destroys. Launches at this little boy and he goes flying. And then you get title screen. Title screen. (laughs) Which, okay, so I'm calling you out on this in the podcast. Um, Kara Witten saw this movie beforehand, so she knew everything that was going on when when we saw it. But... um, she told me beforehand that she's like, I laughed at a very inappropriate part. <laughs> part I should not have laughed at. Guess what part she laughed at, guys? Oh, so man. Bo gets knocked the fuck out. Just and taken to the ground and out loud in a silent theater, I go, ha! <laughs> It just escapes my mouth because I don't know why I thought it was so funny, but just the way this child is just tackled, and then you get title screen, it's mm-hmm. like, well, he's dead. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I love the fact, too, that it's not just that he dies, but, like, you see this this thing. I mean, it's quick, but if you're watching it, he, like, like rears back as he's launching himself, and it's like and his just... arm comes and, like, grabs him, and he plows oh. through him. <laughs> And I was like, okay, that's why I don't remember seeing that little boy in any of the trailers. Exactly, that's the only part of the trailer you ever see him in. Well, now you know why. Now you know. He's dead. He gets, (laughs) yeah, he's out. And and this is our our first reveal of the creature. Um, Mm -hmm. Very quick, and actually I remember reading, um, it wasn't like spoilers or anything, but they were saying, you don't have to wait long to see what this is. No, no. You're in the first ten minutes or so. Um, And it's not obviously clear all the details but you get to see it and it reminds me have you ever seen the movie cloverfield yes it reminded me of a smaller version of the main monster yeah yeah like lanky arms um kind of like a weird very insect like yeah and so like i i was when i first saw it i was like that looked like the cloverfield monster um and it kind of did it's much much smaller it was probably what the size of a bear but yeah like lankier um but i was i was happy to see that they they gave you the creature in this like, right yeah pace, right off the bat, but then they didn't really give it to you fully enough, and they they waited. I mean, yeah. you didn't you did by the end of the movie get to see it very clearly, yeah, uh, but it wasn't obvious, which I thought was was a good good choice, yeah. Um, and there's our there's our our opening, so um, we jump into it about a year later. Uh, the next title, the card that comes up is um, like. Day four hundred and thirty something. So we know yeah. it's been roughly a little over a year. Yeah. Um, and then and their life is continuing on. You know they they're sad, but they're just continuing. Uh, Reagan wakes up. She's kid, this kid sleeps a lot. Um, <laughs> she likes to lay down. Uh, but she wakes up, and then we kind of see like, okay, here's what life is like at home. Here's the way they have to do things. Um, which leads us to a couple things that we see. Um, we find out that um, Evelyn, the mother, is pregnant. Which you brought up a very good point. Who, would, in their right mind, I mean, granted, it may not have been planned, but who, in their right mind, would have a baby in a time like this? Yeah, I, I can't imagine it was on purpose. I'm sure that it was very unplanned. Um, 
they don't have an influx of products to prevent that currently in the situation they're in. Exactly. So, I mean, it probably just happened by chance, but I can imagine that they are absolutely terrified mm-hmm. that they're going to have to control. I mean, they couldn't control their last child. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who was uh, even older than a newborn baby. Um, and so it's interesting that we see her setting up this sort of like nursery where she, um, they have this sort of like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a box yeah. that they have set up and she's setting up an oxygen tank and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, that's like, dark. But then this... I was like, okay, I get it. And so it's so that they can have the baby can breathe and cry because they have, are going to have to shut it. Yeah. In this They're basically, box, you know, putting their child in a small coffin in order to muffle the sound so yeah. that way they don't get killed. Which is which is so terrible. That's awful. <clears throat> I can't I, I can't imagine and especially it's so soon. It's only been a year mm-hmm. since their child has died, so I can only imagine how painful it would be to have to reset up Mm -hmm. and bring up all these memories and that's why you see like the dad looking at this little like box that he has of like memories of the child and um even the sister has things around her room and and you you mentioned that box so i thought he set it on fire i thought he did too i'm not i don't think i don't think he did but it they sure made it seem like he set on a fire when they're like lighting the fires and you can see yeah, all these other like this, fires like, show up yeah, like, like out a, in the um, distance so it's a way of everyone like kind of signaling yeah, yeah, yeah. like okay we're still here we're still alive we've made it through another day another day yeah and um, I, I think that was cool but the, and the thing is, is like the perspective is right in front of him you see this box of memories from his child with pictures and stuff and then the next thing you see is right in front of him is a fire and I was like did he just light all that on like and for I could see if he did because yeah. he's trying not to remember because there's what's he gonna do, you know he can grieve all he wants but there's literally nothing he can do, and it but it just seems like it seemed a little morbid. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, I don't think that's what he did. Yeah, I think I don't he probably think so set it either. off to the side and and then did his signal fire. Um. And so yeah, we we get a lot of this like just day to day. Here's what they do. Here's the things that they they have set up. Um. And then that night, you you see more of that. You know, they have dinner, um, which I think is really cool. They don't have plates. They put it on lettuce leaves. Yeah. Um, I thought and, that was really, really cool. Yeah. It's just like... It, it, it's those little it. things it's that things you, you wouldn't think even think, oh, the clinking of the silverware and the dishes, and they can't really... Can't wash Wash it. dishes. I mean, that's more water that they would be using, and mm-hmm. they have limited resources, so I never would have even thought of that. So I thought that was really cool how they incorporated like something that meticulous well and at some point you'd be thinking like okay well what about this or what about this um that that was one of the ones that that came to to fruition we actually found those things out um and then we then at this point in time if you've seen the trailer you you've seen the rest of this sequence um the kids are playing monopoly Mm -hmm. you know mom and dad are reading or they're sitting you know sitting they're just kind of cleaning up and the kids are playing Monopoly, and all of a sudden he turns to like grab the money because he lands and he has to pay his sister, the um, uh, Marcus, the kid, and he knocks over the the lamp, which you've seen that in the trailer. It's in the first trailer. Knocks out the lamp. Krasinski jumps on it, puts out the fire pretty quickly, and then they're like quiet. Yeah. And this is one of those moments where you expect to see something. We don't. It ends up being raccoons. Yes. 
which, okay, <laughs> those of you who are in Ohio have probably heard this story. Um, if you're not, if you're listening from somewhere else, you may have heard this, but so have you heard about the Youngstown rac- zombie raccoons? Mm-mm. This has been the past couple days. Um, there have been raccoons in Youngstown, Ohio that they're saying are walking around portraying um, symptoms of like zombie-like activity so like they're walking around they're bumping into things they're they're kind of they're not rabid because they're not foaming at the mouth there's nothing like that but they're and it's been a story for the past few days so i'm like this is i'm pretty sure that's how the walking dead started like something weird like we need to i don't know do something about that yeah um but yeah so as soon as i see the raccoons i was like god damn it's a raccoons like (laughs) it's our youngstown zombie raccoons but um they they fall off and, and the kid's upset he's like i'm really sorry and everything was fine. Everything's fine, um, except for the raccoons. Yeah, uh, everything was fine for them. <laughs> um, they're they're leaving, and we see one get literally squashed. squashed. Yeah, <laughs> just, just like you see a foot come down, and then all you see is like jam. Yep, <laughs> like it blows it, up. It, and so that was a bit much. I don't yeah. know if it would have done that, but that's what happens. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of showing you the power behind these creatures. Um, also showing you that they're aware. They are very near oh, this yeah. house. They have, and their s- sense of sound is incredible. Yeah, they we get to will, experience. Yeah, it. they pick up the littlest, littlest things that, like, even n- in your normal day, you wouldn't pick up things like that. Yeah, and it's we see it a couple times, um, and it's amplified intensely. Um, it's not just. They can hear the sound, and it's like, you know, any little sound they're aware of. No, it's any little sound becomes like a blaring sound to Yeah, them. exactly. So the next day after this, we do, um, we have to go off the land. Um, it's time for them to get more, you know, fish. They're going back to check their fish traps. And he's just, Lee is trying to show Marcus some of the things, because at some point in time, Marcus is going to have to go off on his own. Right. That's kind of like the training him to go off and, you know, be safe um, out in this world. He desperately does not want to go. Marcus, Marcus is kind of a little bitch, uh, but he's a kid, so he's <laughs> yeah, a, he's I, frightened. Exactly, and I think this situation probably hit him pretty hard. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he was sick and kind of useless in the situation with his brother probably has affected him in um, a big way. Well, they may have been out simply just for the for medicine, the medicine. Which... and so he blames himself that if we hadn't gone out mm-hmm. my little brother would still be here and it's very clear that reagan also blames herself because she gave him the toy right so and... there's a lot of guilt and we find out even later evelyn the mother feels a lot of guilt uh, they all kind of hold a personal reason as to why it was their fault yeah they all think that they are accountable for this small child's death um but before the uh, they, um, Marcus and, um, his dad go out. We do see Emily Blunt, um, what's her character? Evelyn. Evelyn. We see her and she's like checking the pulse of the baby and, um, she's getting her blood pressure and we see on the calendar her due date is coming up. Like Less than a month. Like less three than a weeks. Month. Yeah. Something in like three weeks and she's about to have this baby. So obviously they're on high alert right yeah. now for her to have this child. So... The fact that they're going off to get food, I mean, like, they have to do it, but leaving her alone is, like, a really big thing. And that's that's 
one of the reasons why Lee tells Reagan, no, you have to stay back. I know you want to come out, but you have to stay back and look out for your mom. Right. He knows that she's probably more suited for it. Um, but as we find out a little bit later, Reagan believes that he doesn't like her. Right. Reagan fully believes that her dad blames her for the death of Bo. Exactly. And it seems like they they have a very bad relationship, like so much so that they don't even want to talk to each other. Like when she has to go get him for dinner and warn him, like, hey, it's dinner time. She's very reluctant to go. Yeah, she doesn't want to be around. And him. when he presents her with a new um, implant, implant to put on her... Um, her ear, she is adamantly um, dismissing it. She's like, no, it's not going to work. Every time we try it, it doesn't work. I don't want it. Um, Which, to me, I thought that scene was a little... Um, it was like a half step too much. Yeah. Because he goes to reach out to grab her old implant uh-huh. four or five times. At least. And she keeps like swatting him away. And then she's like, stop, just stop. And it's like, okay, I feel like he would have stopped after like maybe the first or second I one. I was thinking two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The first one, she stopped. And I try again. Okay, no, she no. Oh, she doesn't want to. But it's it just, like, like three it, more times. It keeps going. And it's actually quite awkward. Um, yeah, the editing probably could have taken one of those out. It was right. a little, you're right. To say, <laughs> it, it was a little much. <laughs> it just felt weird. And then he finally, he puts the, you know, yeah, the he plant. just puts it in her hand and it's like, it's like, all right, well, come I'm on, take it. it. Um, so then, yeah, that's, that's, um, that, that little sequence and they are out there, they're fishing and one of the fish starts to flop around and, and Marcus freaks oh, out thinking they're going to hear yeah. us. We're, we're dead. And his dad's like, no, like I hear it. Let me tell you. And this is important because it kind of shows us the leveling, um, of how these creatures work. Sounds, yes, are dangerous. Small sounds, not so much. Large sounds are, unless there's a larger sound. Right. Unless and they're there's at this river, louder. and that's making this very loud sound. There's a waterfall over there, and so they can make little sounds while they're there because the the creatures will not pick them up. They're only Be- going to hear the louder sound. Right. Which is, the, yeah, the, the coursing river. Um, I just said coursing river. Mulan popped in my head. <laughs> The raging river. <laughs> the raging oh, river. Man. Um, but yeah, so it's and it and he says, "Let me show you something." And at this point, he takes him to a waterfall and literally just starts screaming at this mm-hmm. waterfall, and it terrifies Marcus. He's like, yeah. "No, no, you can't make sounds like that." And he's like, "No." And this he's is trying to show him like this really. Um, it's a really cool moment that he gets um, Marcus to kind of like cool down and be like a be a kid because yeah. he has he's scared all the time and he's having to like learn all of these like things that a normal kid would not have to go through or have to learn and these are the first audible words of the movie yeah like you can Until hear we get there we get we get like emily blunt's character who's like whispering things right like, but it's in that that kind of just like more mouthing the words so you're hearing it. Yeah, because she's still doing the ASL yeah. while she's doing it. It's not like she's only talking. But here they get a mo- uh, they get to have a moment where they can talk to each other at a normal volume. Yeah, and it's it's cool because at that point then you're seeing a very unnatural situation because up to this point in the movie there hasn't been any speaking and it becomes it seemed like it, like when I when I first saw this I was like this movie I was thinking okay it's gonna be. The fact that they just can't talk, but they're going to have moments where they talk, they just have to be quieter. Mm-hmm. No, it's a good maybe half hour into the movie before you hear an actual word yeah. being verbalized. 
Um, and it's kind of cool. It, it's almost unnatural to hear words by that time. <laughs> yeah. It flips it. Uh, okay, so they go do that, and they're on their way back. They're on their way back, and they see um, this guy who is credited, and we laughed at this at the end, as Old Man in the Woods. <laughs> it's um, quite funny. This guy's there. His wife is dead in front of him, um, presumably just recently, you know, attacked by this creature, one right. of these creatures. And you see on Krasinski's face, he's like, no. He puts his finger up to his mouth. Yeah. Like, shh, do not say anything. Be quiet, be quiet. And you can just see the the pain in the guy's face, and he's done. He's done. He's not, he doesn't want to continue on. He doesn't have his partner there, and he doesn't want to have to do this alone. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then he he ends up screaming. Which is very disturbing. Yeah. He has this scream that he does, and... Immediately, um, John Krasinski grabs the child and they go running and they try to get far enough away um, so that they don't also get attacked. But they have to stop because they're also making a lot of noise. Yes, because I mean, Um, that's one of those things. They're walking on sanded paths the entire time, mm -hmm. which had to have taken a long time to do. Yeah. And where the (laughs) hell did they get all the sand? I don't know. They must... There must be some, they showed up out of Lowe's and just took every bit of sand <laughs> that like, they could find. There's so much there's sand. There's so much sand. They like, have paths everywhere, all over the place, through the cornfields, through the houses, through the woods. Like into the into town. Into the towns, into the stores. I mean, they, they, it's like they spent months just making sand paths. Like, I, I, that was one of those kind of unanswered questions that... Yeah, the reality. Did anyone of the else help with those, or did yeah. that family exactly. solely make sand paths? Because it's like, okay, at, at the at the end of the movie, does it really matter where their sand came from? No, no. But really, like, it kind of makes you wonder, like, where the hell did all the sand come from? Right. So, um, so they they they're trying to to get away. The old man's yelling, and the creature comes up, kills him, like cuts him in half, yeah. basically. Um, and at that point, they're like, okay, Krasinski's just trying to keep his son from making, making any sound. Making any sound. Because you can hear them. And they, mm-hmm. they have, like, a clicking and, like, just this, you know, very alien-like style of, yes. um, of, of noises that they make. Um, meanwhile, <laughs> oh, Reagan gosh. has a little bit of a silent temper tantrum. Which <laughs> it's actually quite funny. It is funny. Because she, like... Throws her hand on the soft bed, and it's like, then she just stands there, and you're like, oh, that moment when you want to make a tantrum, but you have to be quiet. Like, that is that is the frustrating thing, because I'm like, there's times where I just want to throw something. Exactly, you or don't you need to make right noise, or, and they just, they can't do that, so I, I feel like that would be very hard, especially with, she's like a, almost kind of a teenager at this point, and so she's probably, she's a gonna be very moody and mm-hmm. this is gonna be really hard for her <laughs> yeah and it's it's one of those things where you're like okay and she, at this point in time i didn't get it like she starts packing yes and we don't know what she's doing we just see her packing and it's like are you seriously running yeah away from is she home? gonna run away and try and live on her own <laughs> when we find out that's not the case she's going to visit her brother's grave mm-hmm. um which actually excuse me is morbidly in the exact same spot on the bridge Exact same spot like, where he was attacked, and she pulls out, she pulls out the, the rocket, and you can see 
that it's it's beat up. Like it is clear that when the little boy was attacked, the toy was badly damaged, and the thought goes through your head. They had to pry it from his cold, dead hands, which is so awful. It's twisted. It's so awful. Um, but it's really sweet because she takes those um, the clippers that her dad gives her right at the beginning in that opening scene, and she cuts the sound cord on it, but she doesn't cut the other cord, which is really kind of cool. And so she presses the toy, and it lights up, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make any sound, so that way she doesn't attract anything. But yeah. I, th- I thought that was a really cool, sweet moment that she had there at her brother's grave um, where she can kind of lay it down and she can feel solace yeah it's a little bit of like a resolution um yeah it's which is weird because why at this point in time why a year and a half afterwards you know and me i feel like maybe it has a lot to do with the fact that the mother is pregnant and is almost to her due date that these thoughts are really coming up at this point in time because well you don't want to forget about him yeah and i think they sort of feel like this new baby is going to become a replacement for the, him. And mm-hmm. so that's why all these thoughts are coming up. I can see that. Yeah. Um, she doesn't tell her mom, clearly, no. when she runs away. She, yeah. So her mom has no idea where she's at. But that mm-hmm. doesn't seem to matter because <laughs> well, we'll get into that here in a little bit. Uh, because we're, we're really about to jump into where the rest of the movie takes place. Um, yeah. It's, I, I pretty much can call it the night where everything goes to shit. Like every, <laughs> every possible, possible thing that could thing go wrong bad thing happened. Wrong. So we've got lots to talk about still, but this is a good time for us to take our our, uh, our midway break. So uh, let's all go to the lobby, grab some snacks, grab your refills, and uh, we will see what is coming up soon from Eventide. If there's one thing that's true about wrestling fans, it's how much they like to talk about wrestling. Join Aaron Lopez and Ben Norsworthy for the Top Rope Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! Tune in every episode and be ringside as these two break down all of the big matches in the world of professional wrestling. Brought to you by Eventide Entertainment. You know, there's nothing quite as satisfying as a good conversation with intelligent company. Join comedian Don Smith every week as he sits down and talks with comedians, actors, filmmakers, writers, and everyday schmoes. It's The Life with Don Smith, Wednesdays at noon on 106.9 FM, and now available on the Eventide Entertainment Podcast feed every Friday on Spreaker, YouTube, and iTunes. All right, welcome back. Um, as we just said, we are now going to be talking about the night where everything goes to shit. Um, it starts off pretty quickly. Um, Evelyn is kind of walking up and she's looking in the bedrooms and kind of sitting around and um, kind of reminiscing over her dead child and gets up and her water breaks. Yes. And it's like, oh, no. Like, you can immediately just know, like, this is not going to be a good night. Nope. Um, her water breaks. But and also a, something else happens when she was downstairs before she comes up. It's important. We is, missed that. Yeah. Right. 
Which I still don't understand this whole moment. So she's doing the laundry and she comes up the stairs and the bag gets caught on something. And you're like, oh, no, she's going to make a lot of noise. I thought it was a splinter, like a piece of the wood. Right. It was going to snap back and make like a, just a snap or something. Yeah. And nope. But no, we find out that it's a nail. A it's nail. a nail. And it is sticking way up. It's straight up on this piece of the on, stairs. On the stairs. And what confuses me is how that went unnoticed. I mean, I mean, did the bag pull it all the way up and out? That's all I can assume. Well, but it was sticking up. But it was already sticking up when it gets caught. So that, that's, yeah, that's that's a weird thing. It's a so weird flaw that no I noticed. One, no one builds stairs with the nails Nail. sticking up. You would hammer down... So then, if anything, she would like trip or cut herself, but she wouldn't step. Right. Yeah, there, there'd be no stepping on. I don't know. It's kind of a big point, but it's only compounding a bigger issue. It's not the only issue. Right. So, yeah, it, like we said, this happened um, shortly before she went upstairs, um, but still in the same day. Mm-hmm. Goes and um, goes downstairs because she wants to basically let everybody know, which this is where we come into play with these red lights. We don't. We couldn't come to a conclusion on these. So hanging around the entire um, compound, I guess you can call it their 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 house, their farm, land, or whatever, farm, are these um, these sets of lights. There's the white lights mm-hmm. um, and like the bulb bulb, almost not quite like the larger Christmas tree, like actual lights. Yes, um, and they're they're sing- they're all over the place. And right next to them is a set of red lights. Mm-hmm. And she goes down to the basement um, to turn these on. Mm-hmm. And as she's going down in the basement, she steps, she steps on the nail. right on the nail. And she, okay, I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. One, she's having contractions. So she's having to be quiet while having these contractions that are... I can only imagine very painful. Mm-hmm. And then she steps and that nail must it it is so it's two large. And a half, two to three inches. At into least her foot. and it goes through her foot and she can't yelp or scream and so she like immediately bursts into tears mm-hmm. and she has to pull her foot out. It was the grossest oh, thing. Oh gosh. It was I, so disgusting. It was disturbing to say the least. <laughs> it was like a it was the the reality of the situation behind uh, the Home Alone nail, where the guy steps on the nail, it goes through his shoe, and he just like he screams. But it's funny, and you're like, oh, like yeah. no, she literally has to pull her foot, mm-hmm. and it's like how how for how big the nail was, it basically was pushing up up against the top of her skin, like it was it was through her At foot least. almost, and she pulls her foot off and. She does. She does drop the picture, which that's what makes the noise that exactly. kind of sets things off. Right. But she doesn't make a yelp. She, does, she doesn't. She nothing. She's completely silent. Which is amazing to me. I don't think that in that situation I could have been quiet. Um, but yeah, she drops this picture, um, which shatters everywhere. So there's already a noise that has been made, um, which is unfortunate for her because she has to then still get up. She's in labor. Mm-hmm. Just had this nail slice all the way basically through her foot. And she has to run over to this um, 
this power box basically and turn on the red lights to signal to everyone, hey, um, I'm in labor and nobody's home. Yes. Literally no one is there to help this poor woman. And why they would have everyone leave the house when she's so close to her due date is the craziest thing to me. Yeah. And the, see, that's the thing is, is like, of course, I'm, I'm sure Krasinski, you know, Lee is thinking, well, the daughter's home and she can take care. But she leaves. And she leaves for a very selfish reason. Mm-hmm. Um, she's angry. She's very, you know, rebellious. She goes and sees, you know, she wants to sit out there. And she ends up falling asleep or at least uh-huh. laying down and not really knowing what's going on. Mm-hmm. So she's out of the picture. They take a long time getting back. After the old man in the woods, yes. after that dies, they have to wait for things to kind of die down. There's this creature yeah, around. Yeah, they can't. So they they can't just get up and walk home. Um, so, so it takes them some time. They have to wait until it gets quite darker before mm-hmm. they can even leave and get back home to then see that the red lights are on. And a creature has already showed up because they it heard, it heard, the, it heard the, the, the crash yeah. of the picture. So it, it's... Or it's in the house and um, almost immediately makes its way downstairs. She, as she's looking for things, finds it like an uh, an egg timer, mm-hmm. um, and we don't see her set it, but we right. know that we definitely see her grab it. Um, so at some point in time, when this creature comes down, it starts hearing the ticking, and when it goes off, uh, it goes to it attack goes it crazy, and it runs to attack it, and so she has a short period of time where she can then escape from downstairs and run upstairs, which I think is cool. Like in. I wonder how many of those things they had all around just in case, like, hey, is there a distraction? And, and I'm like, exactly. what are all those different kind of traps? What were they been? We saw only a couple, mm-hmm. but I think it'd be interesting to see some of the other ones. Um, so she starts having contractions after the timer goes off. Well, during, before, after. Yeah. She's having contractions She's left having and right. Contractions. And, and she, <laughs> she heads up to the bathroom. Well, first she goes to the front door. And another one shows up. And so she can't run there. And this is when John Krasinski shows up and they see the red lights and they start to run towards, but then they see that the second monster showed up and they have to hide as well. And it's important to remember, so or to note, that um, Krasinski's character was very prepared. Like, he he MacGyvered this whole world. Yes. Um, and he, he'd been researching. He, he pulled all of the, the articles that had gone out about this. And um, you see on this whiteboard in the basement that around all of these monitors that there are – these creatures are blind. They hear by sound, mm-hmm. but then they have this armor. So, like, you see earlier, like, guns don't work. Yeah. Like, things aren't working against them. Um, and they, there's three of them that they have – and they know confirmed there's three in the area. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you start to see, like, I don't think we ever see all three together. I think we at one point see two. Um, or is it At the point? end, we technically see all three. Yeah. But before that, I don't know if there is a spot. I don't think that there is. That might have been a missed point. If you're going to say there's three, why wait until the very, very end to, to like, show that showcase there's that there's a third? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, it's it's – as we said, everything's going to shit. She's going through labor. She steps on a nail. No one's there to protect her, or help her, or anything. Um, the daughter's gone. The son and the husband are gone. They come back. They can't do anything. So she decides to go up to the bathtub, which makes a lot of sense. Acoustically, that'd probably be a good space. Yes. Uh, it's also going to be important because she's delivering a baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I can only imagine, because it, 
her delivering this baby happens so fast. Very quick. I mean, like, she, her water breaks, she runs down the stairs, she runs down to the basement, she runs back upstairs to the bathtub, basically has the baby. I mean, it's so like quick. The longest but, I could see that being is, like, 20 minutes. Right. And that's, that's a stretch. Yeah. And I can only imagine that the stress of this whole situation, the fact that she's, like, up and running around is what causes this baby to come out so soon and so fast. Is yeah. Because, I mean, you hear people are in labor for hours and mm-hmm. hours on end, um, but this happens in, like, a 10-minute time 10-minute delivery. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and, and so the father, Lee and Marcus are basically are, are standing off to the side and Lee says to him like I need you to do the rockets like I need you to make it this distraction you've got you have to protect your mother mm-hmm. and so he runs off and he goes to set off these fireworks and at the same time it's like a, a perfect cocktail of everything going off yes she is she's having more and more contractions and um, you see a creature walking up the stairs like literally has four its five hand feet away right by her head and she um, starts screaming because yes. like, she's pushing yeah. she's having the baby. And at that point, that's when the fireworks go off and Krasinski runs with the shotgun as far as quickly as he can um, up to the house. To the house. He gets to the house. Fireworks are going off. Um, that's what wakes up Reagan. So she, she starts back. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets to the house and he starts going through and he can't find anybody. Gets up to the bathtub and there's nothing but blood. And he thinks... And I and I even thought for a moment there that At yeah the scream it, it she didn't time up right. right she was dead I thought um, did did you think she was actually dead um I thought that she would at least be injured like we I thought like s- a slice of like. She would have been scratched. Yeah. And had the yeah. fireworks and then. Right. I thought she would have been hit first, but once it heard the fireworks, it would have run off. And then maybe, like, there's a situation where she, like, they're trying to, like, get her better. Yeah. But she's losing too much blood because, like, she's, or she had this baby by herself Good in the you. bathtub. She's, this is a resourceful family. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they planned and they did everything. I mean, everything. They had it all set up. They knew what they were doing. They they planned for pretty much every possible situation. Every scenario. Any way this could have gone wrong. And then they had to it. use all of their planning in one night. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> they they had a lot they had a lot happen all in one night. And I can't imagine how stressful that situation was. See, and I I just so then we find out that Evelyn's not dead because mm-hmm. She titanics the situation. <laughs> Her like, hand comes up, blood smack on the shower door. Because John Krasinski starts crying because he, he thinks, his, he thinks his wife is gone and the baby is gone. Um, but yeah, her hand comes up in the most dramatic I'm like, way. She had to have seen, so she's sitting in the shower. And she, <laughs> she sees it, yes, her husband sitting there. It's tempered glass, but... Come on, you know he's sitting there thinking you're dead. She could have at least like tapped or something, or like like, slid slid the door open. But no, no, freaking bloody hand comes up and smacks. And I realize it's a scary movie. I get it, but But I'm like, it was it's quite cheesy. That was that was one of those moments where I was like, you didn't have to scare him. Yes, you could have, you know. And it was like, in like I said, it's like the Titanic. Like she smacks it, and then her hand and slides slides down. Yeah, bloody hand. Um, and he opens it and like, oh my gosh, the baby. Yep. 
Yeah, so, so she has a baby, baby boy, and she's pretty much passed out at this point. Yeah, she's just delivered, she... lost a lot of blood because she has, um, and then the, the trauma and the stress of everything. So she's tired. She's yeah. exhausted. She passes out, and he's carrying the baby and, and her, her, which she's kind of holding the baby. Right. But he's holding her. So, I mean, okay. Yeah. Um, but then he takes her to the room that they were setting up yeah, earlier this... in the movie. This underground, like, bunker that they have made in the barn. Um, Because we see on some of the newspapers earlier that, like, get underground. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how you're going to get away from these creatures. Um, And so, yeah, they built this underground bunker, and he carries her off and over to it. So that way they can put the baby in this little... This trunk box that they made him because he's starting to cry already. Yeah, and we, they um, get to it, and it's almost like he's crying as they're as, as they're he's walking it up into it. Yeah. yeah, and then we see one of the creatures show up at, and at the last second he moves the mattress over, and he the monster can hear them, and so it is just destroying the barn upstairs, yeah. trying to figure out where this noise is coming from while they're trying to um, muffle the sounds of this ba- this newborn baby and get her situated in the bed. And, then, and so, <laughs> I don't, this is where, all right, <laughs> this damn kid, Marcus, Marcus is coming home, he's coming back after lighting the fireworks, and he was walking and he hears a noise. Mm-hmm. And then his light starts messing. And I here's the thing too: is this this was something I noticed that whenever the creatures are around, they mess with like the frequent like the lights. Yeah, the light, lights. their presence alone makes the lights flicker. Right. So the lights start going out. So he gets scared. So he must know this. Mm-hmm. And then immediately, like, is looking around. He doesn't see anything. And then all of a sudden, he hears a noise, and he starts running in the away from his family. Away from his family. And then. Bolts and into the into corn. Into the corn. Not on one of the soft, nice paths that they have created in order for them to be quiet. But he goes into the corn, which is super loud. And he is, like, sprinting full force, like, and you're just hearing oh, yeah. of all the well, corn stalks. So I grew up in Illinois, and, like, I had family who, who grew corn. And, like, there's two things that you learn about that. One... Never go into it, because especially if it's high, you could get lost. Like, literally, if you can't see over it, you have no idea where you're at. On top of that, corn hurts. Oh, yeah. Like, the the leaves are sharp. You run into these stalks are strong. This kid's getting his ass kicked by this corn. <laughs> so- and on top of that, he's making a lot of noise. <laughs> right. And I'm like, idiot. Like, come <laughs> on, man. And so he runs, and then this is where I... I the best thing happens. Kara's laugh came when the boy, the young Bunbo got killed. My <laughs> laugh came, I, and I couldn't stop it, when Marcus runs full force <laughs> into the side of a combine. Like this huge combine tractor uh, tire just knocks, knocks himself him out. out. Uh, and it was, was is pretty good. Because you you already think this kid is pretty stupid for running into the corn, and then he just full force knocks out on this t- this tire of the the uh, tractor. It's funny. It's pretty good. And he, I mean, you, he kind of deserved it for being <laughs> stupid enough it. to run into the corn. Exactly. Um, and so his sister, as she's coming, and he has his flashlight. That's important because realistically, she probably wouldn't have noticed him over oh, there. Oh no, it. never. And so she's walking down the path toward the house, and she looks down in the, his corn pathway that he creates. 
and she sees a flashlight. So she's look, looking like, okay, and she starts to go towards it. Um, but before she goes towards it, uh, she kneels down, and this is a monster. One of the creatures comes up behind her. Yeah, um, and but we're in her perspective, so she can't hear a thing. She has no idea that this monster is, like, growling behind her and, like... Which I don't, like, it's one of those things that I don't think he would have, or the it, would have noticed that she was there. Um, well, no, it's blind, so it doesn't know that she's there, but it's still in the cornstalks, I think, looking for the boy. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but this is where we have our first kind of tease toward a solution or something. Um, her, She did put in the, she ear tried piece. the new earpiece that her dad made. It didn't work. Well, I but- thought it was going to. Right, really it seemed it like to. it would, it was going to happen because she's like snapping and I thought like it would, after a couple snaps it would Kick work. in or something. But it didn't and so that's another reason she gets upset earlier in the movie and why she kind of runs off is because she's like, I'm never going to be yeah. able to hear. Um, but yeah, she still has it on. Yeah. And when it shows, a, um, when it shows us like, every time the monster hears something it gives like a a zoom in view of like its ear canal. Yeah. Um, and it's, it starts to pick up the frequency from her, um, little cochlear implant. Um, and it goes nuts and they both, they it both hurt. hear this high pitched, very irritating sound, which is why I think, cause it doesn't happen unless they're around. So mm-hmm. I think that's kind of one of those things that they mess with things like mm-hmm. the, the frequencies, like you know the, the light waves, um, the energy. Like there's electric, there's electricity. Or so there's something. There, there's and they never really explain it. It might be in one of those um, those newspaper articles, but I didn't see anything. Yeah, it doesn't. It hasn't explained anything about that up to this point. But we know that it's definitely them, and um, that she ends up getting saved essentially because of this implant. Um, it runs the monster yeah, runs away. It drives it it's, nuts it's, and yeah, it wants out. to get away from that sound and so it runs away from her. Um, and so then she's able to go into the corn stalks to find her brother and when she she goes to grab his flashlight, his hand flies out and grabs like they, her. I like this movie, but yes. they, they played on all the scary movie motifs. Yeah, and it was really kind of weird because they weren't fitting for this no. movie and so they were really kind of unnecessary. It's like they they didn't think the movie was going to be scary enough on its own, so they went. For yeah, his, they needed jump scares. They needed little things, but I thought the movie would have been better without those sorts of things. Yeah, I those there are a handful of those, and that was another one. He grabs her hand, and like I'm sorry, but if somebody scares me, I'm gonna yell. Like I how he how Lee didn't yell when Evelyn smacked the glass. How Reagan didn't yell when Marcus grabbed her hand. Like. Or like when they knocked over that um, that lantern at the beginning. I was like, Fuck. complete silence. Yeah, <laughs> running at it, make like, it even worse. Right? Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> um, don't make any sound. Uh, yeah, I, 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 and I don't know if I, I um, chalk that up to kind of just their ability, or if I chalk that up to like unrealistic. I don't know. I don't yeah. have an ex- I don't really have an opinion on it, but it's it happens so often that I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know if I buy it completely. And maybe they just saw it happen a lot in the beginning that people were making those little mistakes so often, and that's why so many people are dead. That maybe they're just that aware they are. of it, and yeah. that's awesome. But I think I might have been one of the first people that died. Oh, I would have been dead. <laughs> I would have been dead so quick. 
I don't I don't even know how to be quiet in my normal everyday life, so Yeah, I I, I definitely I would have been one of those farting people that <laughs> You're going the embarrassing I, route. I'll just be honest. Mine's gonna be that I knock something over and yell fuck out loud and That's gonna be Yep. So she finds him. Reagan mm-hmm. finds him. Uh, they go to the silo. They go on top of the silo and they they light the fire, hoping that that's going to say like to anybody else around in the area and more specifically, specifically her yeah. father because yeah. they have this camera system set up, mm-hmm. um, and he's looking um, at all the cameras to like see them. But of course, the fire goes out the minute he shows up to look at the cameras, yeah, I know. and so he can't see them because it's dark and he doesn't see them. They're so small yeah. on the screen on top of the Wouldn't silo. Wouldn't given it to him. Um, but more importantly, he left um, the mother there for a second because he's going to find them. And as he's leaving, oh, this is so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. He's as he's leaving. I guess in the destruction that this um creature made he rips in um or whatever it rips into i guess like this sort of like water like a water container pipe main or something something yeah. that they've been storing their water in and as he walks away you see all this water pouring out and it's dripping down into the basement but it was very loud you heard it and like, you heard somehow, it before you saw it. Exactly. And somehow, when he walks out, he doesn't notice doesn't, it at no. all. Nope. <laughs> it's so strange to me. That was a miss. That was a dropped thing. Like, I, I get it, but they should have, like... And the container's right next to the entrance yeah. of this, like, bunker they've created. Well, so it, it would have been very hard to miss. Honestly, better writing on that scene would have been as he's leaving and he exits, then it bursts. Then it bursts, right. It definitely had burst before then. So I'm like, how did he not catch that? Right. Like, it's clearly... It's, the sound alone, if that much water, and it was pouring out. It's pouring out. You're it's gonna almost hear like it. rain. Yeah, you're going to hear it. I don't know what they were going with on that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, and then the next, the next sequence... I have, this is what I have the biggest issue with in this entire movie. <laughs> and this is not, this is farm me coming out. And I didn't grow up on a farm. I had, I had family who had like a grain silo and I, but it was more like for fun. It wasn't an actual like industrial farm. They are on the top of the silo and um, Marcus falls through it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now I can see that actually happening. It's older. They don't take care of things. You know, it's. That's not important. They can't. It would make noise. And it's probably not somewhere where they normally would stand on it. Yes. Because <laughs> he stands on, like, the doors that open that it. That open it. <laughs> the kid falls into the grain silo. <laughs> and the funniest part about this, this isn't one I have an issue. I actually enjoyed this part. The sister is, like, again, deaf and completely oblivious. This kid falls probably a good 30 feet into a silo. And she's, like, looking back and she's like, Oh, where'd he go? Like, yeah, she has no, no idea where he is. He just disappeared. Like, did he duck? Where is yeah. he? <laughs> okay, now here's 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 my issue. The kid falls in and he starts sinking. You do not sink in corn. It's not quicksand. Yeah. The more you move, like basically, if you if you sit on top of it and you start wiggling yourself, you're gonna kind of fall into it. Right, but. Not in the way that it was literally like it was drowning, like like it was like water. Yeah, they were. He was drowning in it, and he like was like I can't. It was like that. I can't swim, kind of thing. He was trying to gasping for breath. 
even she's if like, he was... She's like, don't move, don't move, and yeah, he's... The sound alone would have been one thing. That's not how corn works. works. Like, I was looking at it, I'm like, thinking to myself, I'm like, this isn't, this is not logical in any way, like... It was very, very strange. I, I got very sick when I was a kid doing this because of all the, uh, like, the dust from the corn. I was, like, I got really sick from it. But the the experience that I had, my aunt had a grain silo that at their, um, they had a pumpkin patch. And so they would, like, let the kids go and play in it. Like, little kids are playing in piles of corn. Like, no drowning kids. Um, but I remember I, I laid down in it. And then people like took buckets and like piled it on top of me, which was stupid because it's very cold and all this dust. It was a really bad idea, hence why I got sick. But I'm laying here and people have to bury me. And it took them like 20 minutes to bury me in corn. And so I'm like, okay, nope, this kid is not drowning in corn. Then even worse, so one of the doors falls off of the silo into it, like right behind him, almost Mm -hmm. kills him. And then that, he climbs onto that, and that stays on top. Right. And doesn't sink. Nor do they sink when they are laying underneath it, protecting them from the monster. Right. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And even when the sister then jumps in to help him, she sinks completely. And then he just pulls her up like it's nothing. He just pulls her out. And then suddenly they don't sink in corn anymore and nothing happens with mm-hmm. that, which is really, really quite strange. I, and they're laying on top of the corn and now they're not sinking anymore. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of just like, it's literally like, here's your second Titanic reference. It's like the Titanic door. Like this time though, Jack doesn't die in the, the corn. Right. Um, <laughs> no, I, I love this movie. I hated that silo yeah. sequence. It made no sense. It's like if they, even if they would have been consistent and like everything sunk, okay, fine. But it was like some things didn't, some things did. Sometimes they did, sometimes they didn't. Right. I didn't buy it. That that was probably my least favorite part of this whole movie. Um, monster crawls in um, behind them, and it's the cochlear implant again. The frequency mm-hmm. saves them. Yeah, and it busts out of the silo. Literally. Like, literally rips the silo like almost completely. And gets out of there because that, I guess that sound frequency is really bothering Yeah, it. painful, it's, annoying. It's, it's something that is driving them away mm-hmm. to the point that they, yeah, they want nothing to do with it. So they they then jump out of the silo. Dad's coming up because he notices um, that there's something running towards the silo. Mm-hmm. One of the monsters is running towards the silo. So he goes there mm-hmm. and... <clears throat> it's kind of weird. Like for me, I, I, I laughed at this part again because of the... the quick pace or the quick change but they're all excited like they jump out of the silo they see their dad they're yeah. running they're hugging they're like oh gosh we're, we're safe and then you hear a noise and he goes from like smiling to like basically take, like serious. serious like and it's like a finger snap it's like it's so quick that i was i laughed because i was like just thinking like this is this is comical how many times are we going to get this false finish of they're safe Right. We'd gotten it a couple times, mm-hmm. but at that point, it was like it was just all in the facial reaction. Well, that I, I thought and it was the great. Be- and the best part, the best part about it is once again for like the fiftieth time in this movie. Okay, it's not the fiftieth, but it felt like it. He brings his finger up to shush everybody. Like, okay, Dad, I get it. I'm supposed to be quiet. 
Yeah. And they do it a couple times in the movie, and it's like... He does it a lot. Right. He does it so many it's times. It's his go-to move. And he's like, shh, be quiet. And it's not like a bring finger up to lips. It's like he smushes yeah. his face he's when got, he does it. He's got his finger pressed against his lips, and it's these this wide eye, yeah. serious face. Like, you guys all know John crazy. Krasinski. Give him a beard, put his finger up to his mouth, and give him wide eyes. That's it. <laughs> That's it. 20 times in you this movie. You get it so many times in this movie. And so that time in particular, I find it very funny because it's just so over-dramatized. And oh, I'm like, is. okay, all right, we get it. We have to be quiet. So he, t- he tells him, go to the truck. It's like, okay. this. I was confused at this. Like, I get it to an extent. But he, kids run to the truck. One runs and jumps into the cabin. Um, one runs one under. under it. And then he, like, stops, and he looks over, and he grabs an axe. It's like, why didn't you just go to the truck? Because you know that sound draws them right. clearly. Yeah, but instead he goes to grab this weapon. Um, But while all that's happening, yep. the mother... Okay, so <laughs> we told you the water is coming, it's pouring, I mean, pouring in. It cuts to her, and she's in bed, and all of a sudden the last candle that they have lit down there goes out and that that wakes her up i don't know why that's what wakes her up uh, because maybe the smell of smoke i guess i don't know but she wakes she wakes up and the water is all the way up to her bed yes like all the way up to her bed and basically this bunker is now ruined and she looks over and the baby in the like box is like floating away from her i (laughs) See, okay, when I saw this, I thought, because you, you see a creature down there with them. Uh-huh. And I didn't realize until I saw the creature that the box is open. Mm-hmm. I thought, at that point, my mouth went open. I was like, oh my god, they killed the baby. Like, I really thought that he was in the corner eating the baby. Right. Um. But yeah, she looks up and she's like, oh no, because the box is open, the baby is floated, like, all the way almost across the room where this, one of the creatures is in there now i'm not really sure how he moved the bed maybe the water moved to the bed maybe. i mean they're something. clearly strong enough maybe it maybe it just, just moved it and it. then it was like oh i there's yeah. a hole i can crawl down mm-hmm. here yeah but anyway so now she has to get off the bed and the part that made me so uncomfortable was you see her wrapped foot and she has to stick her foot and her whole body into this like water in order to walk over to her baby and i'm just thinking oh my god imagine how bad that like dirty infected water on in her wound it, it, that probably hurt so bad and i don't know why but it was like the first thought in my head i was like don't you put that your feet in that water clearly she didn't make a sound when she stepped on a nail i'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt and say that dirty water wasn't gonna get her i know but, but I know what you mean. It's just I just the you. thought of it was like, oh, God, please don't go into that water right now. For me, it was that she saw, so this creature's on the corner of the room, and it just, I don't get it, because we've never seen it move like this ever and at all, and nor anything with water, but it, like, decides to, like, slide itself into the water. Yeah, it, like... Seductively. Or, it was, like... <laughs> it's really quite strange it was weird it just like i don't i can't explain what the creature does there but it like sinks into the water um and she's having to walk over the baby and she has no idea where she thinks it's dead too i think she's kind of just it's but then she hears it making some sounds and she 
picks it up. And as she goes to pick it up, the monster, like... Like, comes up right next yeah. to them. And is, like, kind of sniffing it out and, like, listening. And she's trying to take the baby and, like... I don't know how she does it, but she, like, backs up into this corner where it won't find her. <laughs> yeah, I don't, well, and no, she's stupid because she backs up into the corner where the water is splashing. Right. Probably the loudest noise in the room. Well, and I think maybe she goes there just because the baby, is, if it starts no. to cry, then maybe that'll That's muffle true. it some. I don't, I'm there's not sure def- There's a definite, is. now that you say that, there's a definite callback to the first waterfall where they're yelling behind They're yelling it. Behind the waterfall, and it muffles that noise. So I don't know if she's just like, I'll go towards the sound, because the, it it obviously isn't bothered by, like, the rivers and mm-hmm. other water. Um, so this might be the only safe place that she knows she can be. Yeah. Because she, I mean, she just woke up. She's exhausted. And she has to protect this baby, and she kind of has nowhere to go. It's blocking her path. Yeah, it's it, she's so, trapped down there. Yeah, and I'm sure... Uh, She's not really that much of sound mind. Um, so the fact that she can even think to back up by this water yeah. is kind of crazy. Well, and since we mentioned the waterfall, we didn't really go into this detail then, but it's going to come into play very shortly. Um, Marcus is talking to his dad and asks, why didn't you let uh, Reagan come with mm-hmm. at this waterfall? So this is earlier in the movie. Uh, and so he says, like, she, we needed her at home. Um, she needed to stay. You know, she's just not ready for it. And he says, he asks, like, do you love her? And he's like, of course I do. He's like, yeah, you should probably tell her. And then you you just think to yourself, okay, I'm sorry. You haven't been talking to your daughter since the death of your son? Like, you haven't told her you loved her. You have this now bad relationship with her. You haven't talked to her about this situation? It's been like a year and a half. Yeah. You think at some point. It's not like they've got a lot going on. Right, like, he didn't sit down with her, like, I know it's not your fault, sweetie, like, you have to understand, like, yeah. I love you, and it's no, um, it's nobody's fault, because he says it to the son right there, and it's like, so did they just, they didn't know how to talk about this situation, and Probably so not. none it's not of like them... like they go to therapy or anything. I guess, you know, like... and so, I guess in this year and a half, they literally have never brought up the fact that the other son died. Because it's like they're talking about it for the first time. Yeah, it definitely feels like they've been avoiding it. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, it's important to know that, like, yeah, they have. He hasn't said he loves her. They have been avoiding each other almost as much Entirely, as possible. Entirely, because she doesn't even want to go get him for dinner. Yeah. And so then we jump back to Lee and the kids, and um, he grabs the axe, and the kids are in there, um, and they look up, and you see a monster that's kind of... There's a, a structure where he grabs the axe. It's like a, a, a kind of a rusted garage. Yeah, it's like a shed-type yeah. thing. It's just like a covering. Yeah, and, and it's sitting up there. And I don't understand how it hears him, because I didn't hear any noise. Like, when he takes it out, there's a little bit of, like, the metallic echo, but it's yeah. very faint. Um, so, but maybe that was enough? I don't know, but it... It sees him. Or even the breathing. Maybe it can hear him breathing. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's very, I, it can hear pretty much everything and anything. But um, it, it takes a swipe at him. Um, and it looks almost at that point that he's been killed. Yeah. I um, mean, he gets hit hard he and he goes hit. flying and the axe is kind of fucked up because he tried to swing it at him and it didn't yeah. really work. Yeah. Um, he, well, I mean, I and I thought he was going to kill it. And I was like, yeah, cool. We right. take one out. But, but it completely it, takes him out. Yeah. And he goes flying, and of course, I know he's a child, but he screams, Marcus, Dad! Yep. 
And immediately, so the one thing the dad was trying to do is, is protect them. Mm-hmm. And Marcus goes and does the one thing that's going to negate anything the dad just did and scream. Screams. So, and I don't get this because I know Reagan saw it too, but she heard, or she, she was aware. She didn't hear it. She was aware that he had screamed. So he like, she pushes him in, um, like tries to quiet him down into this, the cabin of the truck. Mm-hmm. And then we jump to her view again, um, her audio view. She's, he goes completely silent, and, and you see his, his reaction. Yeah, he, his eyes her. get real big, and she's like, what, what? And then she turns around, um, and the monster crashes into the window and, like, breaks it. And it's, it's like, fucking up the car, and um, they're getting really scared. And then all of a sudden, of course, the noise thing happens again with her um, cochlear implant. Yep. But this time, she doesn't like it, apparently. She's stupid there. And oh, she... Man turns off her cochlear implant which i don't know why she would do that i guess maybe because she didn't notice all this time that that's what was causing it and well that and here's the thing is she drove probably them away. didn't she didn't know the first time that it, there was even one near her right the second time she did but she also that was the first time she would have noticed there was anything she knows that if a louder sound happens it's going to go for the louder sound so right. there's nothing that showed her, she didn't know what was going on around them, that that was the reason why it was leaving. So by the third time, which essentially to her is only the second time that there's this monster, and she's trying to focus and she can't, she's in pain and there's all this stuff going on. So I can see why she would turn it off. She didn't realize that it was this right. protector. Um, but it still feels like even if it's a chance, I don't know. I don't, like, there's not really one to judge, but it's, it seemed weird. Yeah. But anyway, she turns it off, so there's really nothing that can be done to save them at this point, because there's nothing that's really going to draw it away. And then comes the moment that I hated the most. My favorite part. I hated it so much. So, (laughs) Lee gets up, he musters all of his strength because he get he's gotten cut pretty yeah. badly like across he's, the torso. Yeah, he's got a, um, a gash on him. And he gets up and <laughs> he looks over at the truck and him and um his daughter they they look at each other. And he decides this is the best moment <laughs> to look at her and say Hey, I love you. <laughs> He's like, I have always loved you, and she's just kind of awestruck. She doesn't, re- she doesn't say anything. No, back. she's just staring. She's at just him. staring at him, and she's kind of like there are kind of like tears in her eyes. And I think that maybe he could have done something else, like thrown the tools to make sound somewhere else. Oh yeah. But instead, he makes he makes the worst. He does the old man in the woods yell. He does this yell out loud so that the monster will then come and attack him and uh, take away from his kids so that they can escape. So he he does the ultimate sacrifice Mm. to save his kids because his wife was like, you have to protect them. You have to do whatever you can to protect them. And so that's what he does. And And he, he, he goes out and he screams and the monster then kills him. 
so that way the kids can then escape. Which I think is weird because don't tell me that even if it was on a hill, so what they do is they release the emergency brake, essentially, and you have this old rusted truck rolling down a hill. That's making plenty of sound. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't. that's got to be super duper loud. Um, and they kind of showed it at the beginning, like the kid is in the truck and he like is trying to teach himself how to drive. He's not turning on the truck, but yeah. he's like trying to go through the motions because yeah. he like he, he never he'll never get to he'll drive. never get to drive. So it's kind and of so like a, yeah, it's kind of this cute little moment of him like trying to figure it out. Um, so but he does it for real this time. He's like, I gotta get this car moving, and so they move it away while it attacks their father. Um, and. Apparently, at some point, they must have started the car or something. Because there's no way that they just have enough momentum to go down this hill all the way to their house. Um, which now their mom has somehow gotten there. I don't. They don't really explain how yeah, she got she past gets, the, she gets up. the monster or anything. But she get, she takes her and the baby over to the house. and Because she watches the whole thing happen. She watches... Her husband sacrificed himself mm-hmm. to save the kids. She watches the kids go away because then she runs up the stairs to go meet them out um, in front of their house. And they yeah. all kind of embrace um, together. And this is kind of the point where I thought the movie was over. I did too. I thought the movie was done and that we were going to get nothing else. It's again, it it's one of those be... like false finish where it's like, how many times are they going to be safe before they're not safe? Right. Um but no, of course, this is not how the movie ends. Mm-hmm. Um, the monster, or possibly another one of the creatures, hears the truck. Because I can imagine, I mean, it's pretty loud. Yeah. Um, when they're like rolling in to in front of the house. Um, and so all of a sudden they start to hear like the noises that the creature makes. And so then they run into the house and they're going to go down the stairs. Yes. Um, and the mother and the son immediately run down there, but she, she kind of hangs out. The sister does cause she's never been down there and her father never let her go down there yeah, because he um, doesn't want her. Realistically, we know why we, he doesn't want her to know that he actually has been trying desperately for a very long time to fix, uh, he's learning yeah. about the ear and trying to figure out a way to do this but i was like it's not that much of a surprise because he keeps giving her these right and i don't see why he wouldn't have her go down there and show her all those things like hey look at all this stuff like i've been trying like i i mean i guess they just were so affected by this thing that happened that they all like went off and did their own things and never talked about it and never tried to say that they were trying to find a solution yeah, I, to it, all of their problems. I understand the the them not talking about things, but at some point, like, I just don't get why she wouldn't have been incorporated into this. Um, right. Like, why didn't he want her to, like, he if he wasn't truly mad at her, yeah. why wouldn't he want her to know? Because that's the reason why he was saying don't go down there. Like, he was saying it originally, don't go down there because... You know, uh, she's like, I won't make any sounds. Like, I'm not, I'm not a kid. I won't, I won't make noise. And he's like, just don't. So he just doesn't want her to go down there because he doesn't want her to know he loves her, like, or that he I cares. Guess it's weird. It's just they have a very strange relationship, um, and I'm not sure if they just had that strange relationship forever, and it wasn't just like these events that have happened. Yeah. Um, but it's very obvious then that like she has no idea. 
what he's been doing down there. Because then when she goes down there and she sees all the parts and all the different, like, um, uh, implants that he has found and that he has tried to concoct all these different mm-hmm. ones together and all these different, like, sort of, like, uh, motherboards and radios and everything in order to fix, like... Yeah her current um implant um and she gets very very emotional about it um which is kind of cool to see because then her mother comes over and she's like this is what dad's been doing and she's like i know um Mm -hmm. that's which i thought was kind of funny because she does the i know yeah um, but it didn't subtitle it it. and so i was like a lot of people are going to think that (laughs) she she has a headache but i mean she does the i know um Which I thought was kind of cool that they didn't actually show it there. Um, yeah, that was cool. Like I, 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 you say that, and I'm like, yeah, I remember seeing that, but I hadn't thought about it. Um, I mean, I have. Being I a, mean, I've taken ASL classes, so a lot of this I was able to understand yeah. even without the subtitles, which I think, uh, which is always kind of cool. Um, and that was one that I noticed right away. I was like, oh, why didn't they, they show didn't it right there? And I, maybe it's just a choice that they decided to make not to show it there but um i i thought that was kind of cool that she does the motion for it but they don't ever say anything about it that's interesting um this takes us though to kind of the last little bit of scene um the as as this interaction between mom and 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 daughter is happening we see um again another false finish um that they are there's a monster one of the creatures is coming down the stairs continuously looking for things um, and again, one of the things that popped into my head, which I, I get now, like I, I resolved it. Why don't they have any doors? Cause doors slam like that yeah. I get, but like mm-hmm. you'd think that doors also protect like these yeah. monsters aren't just going like to... something. I don't know. It's very strange that they don't have anything. Um... They have curtains up. They don't have doors anywhere. There's no doors in the entire. Yeah. They don't have farm. any doors in the whole house. And I guess that was kind of a thing that they decided that doors were not a good idea. But I feel like there are certain situations where doors might be a good idea. Like yeah. this one. This one would have helped. I mean, um, or at least have one room in the whole house that has the door just mm-hmm. for that extra added layer. I don't Some know. Some protection. It's just it's it's really weird that they don't have those. So she's looking um, around the uh, Reagan is, and she starts noticing things. And out of the corner of her eyes, she sees this whiteboard that we mentioned earlier that has you know like you know uh, what are their weaknesses or what are the things that we know about them where how many of them and it says what is their weakness mm-hmm. and she starts putting two and two together realizing mm-hmm. that. Every time that she's been around one, her ears been going off. That there's that frequency, high frequency pitch that's been going on. Right. So she turns it on, and it immediately starts uh, affecting her and the creature. Mm-hmm. To yeah, the extent, yeah, because it, it comes downstairs, and her mom's pointing the gun at it, and um, yeah. So she turns it on, and um, she realizes that it's affecting it and she does the craziest thing. I mean, her mom notices it too. She's like, what the heck's happening? Why is my daughter like freaking out right now? Like holding her head. Mm-hmm. Um, she takes the implant off and puts it to the radio mic, um, which amplifies the sound even louder. Yes. Um, and the, I mean, that just absolutely destroys the creature. Um, and Almost. it's, 
Almost. Well, it's, I mean, like, it, you yeah. see, like, the things on his head are, like, flying yeah. out. Um, it is definitely impacted greatly by right. this. And so it flies back, and so her and her mother, they look at each other and like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Mm-hmm. How did we do that? Um, and the little boy who's holding the baby in the back. He's still in the corner, just the like, corner, oh god. Like, freaking out, and it's like, oh my gosh, did we do it? Um, but of course. <laughs> Again, another false finish. Mm-hmm. It's not over yet. Uh, the monster comes up and starts to um, not necessarily attack, but starts looking like yeah, it's about it's to. Yeah, it's like preparing. And that's when Emily Blunt gives it a shotgun to the face. Um, and at this point, it seems like the frequency lowered its armor. Yeah, um, it must. It now must... it's impacted by, by right. shotgun. Um, and I don't know if the it means that the frequency um, like it destroys their armor or it like. We can say, I don't know. I mean, we didn't really get an explanation for that, but because you see this thing on the wall that says the bombs don't work, shotguns don't Mm -hmm. work, or gunshots don't work, but it worked this time. So it had 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 to to have have something happen to it. Something with the sound, obviously. Um, And then, so they're they're looking at it and they're like, we just killed it. Oh my God. Um, No one had been able to kill these things before. Right. Which I also think is kind of weird that... Literally not not one person put together that sound yeah. is also its weakness. Yeah. No one put up a sound trap. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing it's, was. It just never. It's came so across. strange to me that a scientist or something wouldn't have thought that out. Well, it seemed like everything just went downhill so quickly that yeah, was, maybe there wasn't enough time. Yeah, and I mean, it, we don't know where these things came from. There's um, one of the well, yeah, headlines we get says, almost no backstory none. about it. Like, the, the, there's one of the headlines says "Angels of Death." Like, they just don't know. They just showed up. Yeah, we don't know if they if are alien. Made they them. don't. Yeah. yeah, we don't know anything. No idea. Um, but we do know that there are more than one. They've killed one. And the other two, they look at the monitors and they notice two more coming. Are flying. Um, and I don't know if it's because the uh, the death of the other one. Like, well, maybe it's just the gunshot. Run, or maybe it was the gunshot. They just, they or heard maybe they heard some of that frequency and they wondered about it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I guess it's probably the gunshot um, ultimately that leads them there. But I also thought maybe when one of them dies, like it makes the other. I mean, they might have like a. There connection is, yeah. somehow again there are so many unanswered questions about them so we don't actually know we do know though that emily blunt is ready for some action <laughs> it's really yeah, weird we do. Like, so she the movie ends with them looking at the monitors and this like realization of we know what to do now yeah, we can kill them so and- reagan turns up the volume all the way on yep. this like mic radio frequency thing, and then it cuts to Emily Blunt, and she takes the gun. Yep. Ta- and, and then, then end the credits. end credits. It's it's <laughs> really like that was a for how serious this movie was, and all these different moments that it hit on, and the realities of some uh-huh. of the situations, and you know the the gravity of it. It seemed like it was a cheaper ending um, for what it could have been. Right. Um. They they talked about I was looking at some stuff getting ready and they talked about oh clearly there's a sequel I don't want a I sequel want I liked the movie I don't if you give it a sequel you cheapen the the concept um, it's a one off it's it should be done it's never I, been done before it it shouldn't be done so quickly I I agree and I I don't even think I would want a movie that explains before. 
like the beginnings. I don't even think that I would want that. I mean, I might want like a little paper. Little I wouldn't mind knowing, but it cheapens it cheapens it too I much. Know, for me. I know. I don't. I want. I welcome the unanswered yeah. questions, so that way I can kind of form my own opinion and story about it. When we mentioned Cloverfield earlier, and I think that was kind of the downfall of that franchise. Um, they, tr- they, the first one was so strong. The marketing mm-hmm. for it, the, the the actual just movie itself was very well done, and then they came out with Ten Cloverfield Lane. Which didn't really... It's tied into the movie, but not until the end, into the franchise. Right. And then the um, the one that came out on Netflix, um, and I can't remember the name of it now, um, but it came out on Netflix, uh, it was right after the oh, Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. The Super Bowl trailer came out, and they were like, oh my god, Netflix is putting out a, a Cloverfield movie with no... Like, it was like, tonight, it's coming out, and no one knew. And it was uh, horrible. It was like something Paradox. Hmm. The, uh, something. Cloverfield Paradox or something. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. Um... But it was not good. It didn't answer mm-hmm. anything. It basically, and it hadn't really no major. They opened up a wormhole, is what happened, and then that's how the animal, the creature, got in. But it didn't answer anything. It was not very strong. But they kept trying to give more to the story. It was like we don't know what happened, so people want to know. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to do that with Quiet Place. Yeah, I don't either. Because then you you definitely make the first movie not nearly as important because you're like, well, look what they did. Look what they did to try to explain it. Right. I just remember at the very end of Cloverfield when you see this thing fly out of the sky into the water behind them when they're on the Ferris wheel, and you're like, oh my god, that what what, what was that? Why did that happen? They didn't. The amount of discussion that happened as a result of that was so much more satisfying than actually ever finding out what it was. Yeah. And I don't need to know where these creatures came from. Yeah, me either. I'm I'm satisfied with what I got from the film. Despite its cheesy moments, I yeah. did like this film. It wasn't a bad film. I would definitely recommend seeing it. Um, it was good. I, re- I really did like it. And they did some really cool stuff because they didn't have words for this. Yeah, I mean, I realistically... They didn't have a script for this. They had to... Use, I mean, it's basically... It was very theatrical. It was blocking. A lot of movement. I mean, it's yeah. movement, movement, movement. But that was and it. And especially with ASL, like, you have to use facial expressions and body mm-hmm. language. Like, so important. And that's what they did throughout the whole film. And so you got all these really cool moments when they were able to incorporate sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, that's one of the main reasons this movie was so good. Yeah, it was, it was unique. It was, um, groundbreaking in the sense that we haven't had something like this. We have had scary movies that play with sound before. There's the one where you had, um, I think it came out last year where there was a, um, a blind neighbor that these two kids broke into his house to kind of mess with him. Oh, yes. And that one played with it too, but there was a lot of talking. It was, it was more of, it was intriguing because it was... He was. They were in his world now, and he could hear everything. But at the same time, it had a lot of talking. It didn't play with audio as much. Um, yeah. This one was very different. Yeah. Very, very different. And I liked what they did. Yeah, and the, all the different perspectives of all the characters and the creatures and everything. Yeah. Was very, it was very strong. All right, so with that being said, um, we'll start to wrap it up here. What are your final thoughts? You kind of gave, gave us your overall um, but your final thoughts on the movie, and then I've decided uh, we're going to do a ranking of one to five shushes. <laughs> That's very important. And it can be it can be your John uh, Krasinski's smush sm- shush, um, but definitely uh, one to five shushes. So what are your what are your final thoughts? Um, my final thoughts. I like we said I don't want any sequel or prequel or anything to this um, 
I think it's a good standalone movie. Um, and I think it needs to be kind of left alone that way. Um, it's a good movie. Um, I normally don't like kid actors. I normally hate them. And I thought that they were wonderful in this movie. Um, it wasn't like a Harry Potter situation where <laughs> all the main actors don't know what they're doing and yeah. are cl- clueless. Um, so I thought that that was um, really awesome. And I think that um, John Krasinski did a great job both starring as the lead and as the director. Um, but I think there are a few things that they could have left out of this movie that would have made it a lot better. Um, all those little weird, scary jump moments, they could have thrown those out. Um, and definitely the super duper cheesy things, uh, they kind of lessened the whole thing, yeah, especially agree. to end with the <laughs> shotgun, <laughs> the shotgun load oh. that, that was pretty, that was pretty bad. Um, but yeah. Overall, I enjoyed the movie. I'm glad I saw it twice, honestly, because I liked it a lot better the second time, honestly. Um, That's what happened with me with Ready Player One. I had to see it a second time to appreciate it. Yeah. Just, it the first time for me, like I said last week, it was the first time was um, me realizing that it wasn't going to be the book, mm-hmm. and I was okay with that. And then the second time was, okay, let me appreciate what they put together. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I can definitely see how... Now that you know the, where the scares are, you're now you're focused on the plot and the concepts, and you're not anxious of okay, where am I going to jump? Yeah. So yeah, which I only jumped the one time ever, and it was when that lantern got knocked over, and I was more worried about the fact that the house was going to be on fire. Well, and that was even in the trailer. <laughs> exactly. So as soon so as I saw them playing that? Monopoly, yeah. I was like, oh, the lantern's going to break. Yeah, and but it still scared the living heck out of me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, if I had to rank this movie, I think, I think I have to give it. A three shushes. And I hate to say that because it was such a good movie, but I got very... That first time I watched it, I got so blinded yeah. by all the little, like, cheesy and uh, scare, jump scare. Jump scares, yeah. That I was blinded by that. But the second time, if you do see this movie... Um, I would recommend that maybe you do go see it a second time just so that way you can appreciate all of the great moments it did have. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I really do. I connect with a lot of what you said. I think that it was really well put together. Um, you know, I, I, as we mentioned earlier, I very much appreciate the fact they got a deaf actress to play oh, yeah. a deaf character. Very, very big on them to do that. I yeah. think I, I wouldn't have liked the film as much if they hadn't done that. Yeah, and um, that that's important. Because um, even yeah. to train an actor to be that way and act that way and understand those things, I still think it wouldn't have been as impactful. Definitely. Um, I agree that I think that the jump scares were a little cheap. Um, for me to really buy a jump scare, it's got to be built into the storyline. And, you know, like we, we, when we did Winchester um, a couple months ago, that was one of the things that I enjoyed is that the it was... There weren't a ton of them, but when they happened, 
they had been built to happen. Um, these, this was a suspense movie. It was not a horror movie. It was a suspenseful movie. Yeah. And it's more of waiting for something to happen and whether or not something does as far as a mon- the monster shows up and chases them or whatever it may be. It's not really that important that something jumps out at me. I didn't need it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it cheapened it and that, that kind of, again, uh, I would have probably ranked this a lot higher had I not had those. With that being said, though, I really enjoyed the audio aspects, how they, they played around with that. I really enjoyed just the, the storyline um, and a lot of the unanswered questions. I, like, I, like we had said, I don't want a sequel. If we get a sequel, my rating, my rating will probably go lower because I think it'll cheapen the movie and I won't have all those answers will be or those, those answers will be out there and then I can watch the movie and say, oh, well, that's dumb or you know that, that explains it all so there's no question. Right. Um, I am going to give it a three and a half shushes. Um, I think it was really strong. Um, I think it's it's a movie that if you like suspense movies, thrillers, scary movies, you need to see it because it's unique. And yeah. um, especially if you're into like the the signs, um, if you like signs or Cloverfield or you know, like any of those creature movies, it was a strong creature movie. Um, Definitely. Very unique. First time that something like this had been done. But they played on a lot of those motifs that you have seen before. So it wasn't so... Um, top to bottom, completely new, um, which is okay. Sometimes you don't need everything to be new because then there's too much experimentation, and you're like, mm, it went too far. Yeah, I think this it did really People well. Can't follow it. So three and a half shushes from me, and uh, and three from Kara. So um, this was this was good. This was, I liked this. This was a, a fun fun movie, and I'm glad I had, I had some fun. Yeah, so. it wasn't like every other scary movie that yeah. I see. Um, because I, of course, we all get mad at the characters in these movies because we're like, "Why are you so dumb?" And then why like, do you run through the corn stalks? <laughs> but um, I did that a little less with this movie, well, good. Um, which is why I think I enjoyed it so much. Awesome. Uh, well, next week we have uh, Blockers, which actually does uh, come out the same week as Quiet Place, um, but it's just it looks too good not to review. So we're going to go back a week and we're going to review Blockers um, with Kelly, who was on for our Greatest Showman episode. So she is going to be coming back on to the podcast for that. Um, as always, you guys can reach me on Twitter at DriveInEventide, or you can email me uh, at the email address DriveInEventide at gmail.com. Um, Kara, thanks for coming on. We'll have to get you on again yeah, soon. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. Maybe we can get you on for Hereditary. Yes, uh, that a, would be great. In a I, month or two. More scary movies. I am down for that. You're going to have to fight Ben. Ben, <laughs> ben loves him. He, uh, he was on for Winchester. and So he actually asked if he's like, got somebody for Quiet Place. I was like, yeah, I do. Sorry. Um, so <laughs> you guys will have to go at it and see who, uh, who gets the next one. Um, but again, until next time, guys, we will see you next week with Blockers. And until then, drive home safe. Seven billion humans on Earth can't all like the same drink. That's why Circle K has Polar Pop and Froster. Pick your flavors and make that one in seven billion mix just right for you. Polar Pop and Froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. Charlie loves cherry, so he fills his Froster with wild cherry, cherry cola, and tops it off with cherry limeade. It's the cherry on Charlie's day. Mix the Polar Pop or Froster that works for you. Just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations.